What should you be doing with your student loans right now? What is the limited public service loan forgiveness waiver and how can you take advantage of it? Learn the answers to these questions and many more on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I'm so happy you're here. For my returning listeners, thank you so much, and welcome back. For my new listeners, welcome, because today, like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, we're bringing a return guest, Travis Hornsby of studentloanplanner.com. Travis is a speaker and the founder of Student Loan Planner, which he launched after helping his physician wife navigate ridiculously complex student loan repayment decisions. To date, Student Loan Planner has consulted on over $1 billion in student loan debt. Travis is a chartered financial analyst and brings his background as a former bond trader trading billions of dollars. Trying to solve the student loan crisis brought him out of his first retirement at age of 25. He brings that same intensity to analyzing the best repayment paths for graduate degree professionals with six figures of student debt. Travis and his team have helped over 5,486 clients save over $272 million on their student loans, and he's been featured in U.S. News Business Insider, Forbes, Huffington Post, Rolling Stone, Choose Fi, Bigger Pockets, Afford Anything, Money, and more. Well, I'm excited. Let's get Travis back on the show. Travis Hornsby, welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Great to be here, Andrew. Well, for those uh, who didn't listen to your previous show, and everyone should go back and listen to uh, Travis's previous episode 27. Um, can you introduce yourself and kind of tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm founder of Student Loan Planner. I basically nerd out helping people save money on their student loans and pay almost nothing on their education. <laughs> um, I, I, I joke around a little bit there. I mean, obviously some people have to pay a lot of it back. And so we also have, you know, refinancing cash back bonuses that we have on our site and we offer one-on-one consulting for people that are trying to figure out what the smartest way to pay back their loans is. So we've advised maybe about seven or 8,000 clients at this point, And that makes us the, um, we've advised maybe like $1.7 billion. So we're like the largest student loan advice company in the country. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, what better thing to nerd out about, right? Um, the, we're Somebody talking, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> up to like a half a million dollars of, of debt. That's uh, that's a pretty good thing to talk about. So um, I brought you back on the show uh, for two reasons. First of all, to discuss um, the uh, limited PSLF waiver, uh, which we'll get we'll dig right into. Uh, and then the uh, the other the other reason I brought you back on is kind of to talk about where we're at with student loans. Um, and kind of just generalized advice. But um, if we could just get right into uh, what is this limited waiver? Where did it come from? And why should we care? Well, the PSLF waiver is due to the pandemic. So in the HEROES Act of 2003, there's this massive loophole in that bill that allowed President Trump to do the pause on interest and payments in the first place. So in that act, it says that you can make huge modifications to loan programs due to national emergency, uh, national emergency declarations, basically. So during the pandemic, we had that in place. So Trump used that to continue the pause on student loans 
and then President Biden continued it. And then President Biden was looking at the PS Left program and wanted to do something that would really help a lot more people get approved. And so he basically, he and his team really did back the truck up and just say, how can we just like get as many people approved for PS Left as possible until the end of this national emergency declaration where we have all this flexibility on the rules? So that's how the PS Love waiver happened. It happened October 2021, 20, uh, and it lasts until October 31st of 2022, unless it's extended. And what does it do? It waives all the rules, almost all the rules. So you usually have to make a payment on an income-based plan. Now any plan counts. You used to have to have direct loans. Now you can consolidate old loans that are not direct loans and get credit on those loans if they're not you know, pure private loans. And also you can get additional credit for the situation where you have loans that have different numbers of payments. You can get the at least the maximum amount of payments that you've got on one of the loans applied to the whole thing if you consolidate. So there's all kinds of stuff with this waiver. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it, but I'm seeing extreme stuff happen right now where you know 40-year-old doctors that have been paying for years suddenly get it all forgiven tax-free. Wow. So uh, it's a pretty big deal and, you know, certainly time based. Um, so so I guess what, you know, what's step one? If if, if you're ready, uh, I guess let's let's separate into two buckets. If you uh, if you thought you never would qualify for PSLF um, based on your types of loans, all, but you are working for, for an appropriate employer, um, what do you do then? Yeah, I mean. So I will say this, like, don't feel bad if this sounds complicated because it is. They're changing the rules weekly in some cases and clarifying things in the FAQ. And so I'm going to give the information as it's currently standing and it has been getting more and more generous, not less and less generous. So I wouldn't necessarily stress out too much about making sure you're getting all the benefits. But step one is to figure out, you know, do I have the same amount of credit in all my loans or not? If you have all direct loans and you have the same amount of payment credit on all of your loans, then all you've got to do is go to studentaid.gov slash PSLF and let them know about all of your employment history in your entire career from a, yeah, that work that was, that was not for profit or government employment. So one of the cures I'm seeing right now that doctors are doing is maybe they had a job before medical school. From when they, you know, maybe they went to undergrad, right? And they went and became a biology teacher for a year or two years. And then they went to medical school and they had some undergrad loans they were paying on during that time. Well, those payments, there's more payment credit on those loans than the ones for medical school. So that's what I mean about identifying, you know, if do you have the same payment credit or not. So let's say that you do have the same payment credit on all of your loans and they're all direct loans, then just go ahead and apply. Now, what if you are unsure? If you are at all unsure, there is a massive, massive risk that you will mess this up. So let me give you an example, right? So let's say you're that person that was a teacher first before medical school. And let's say that you have, um, you know, two, three years of credit on those loans. Well, you could consolidate those loans with your loans from medical school and get those two or three years added to all of your medical school loans and be done with PSLF two or three years sooner. And the two or three years that you're saving off of your 10 years, those are payments that are coming off of your payments when you'd be in attending. 
So you're saving maybe two thousand a month on those on those and on that additional credit, which is a huge freaking deal. So that's that's what I mean when I say like this is like a high risk kind of situation. Um, let me think of a, another example I had was uh, a doctor left most of his loans for medical school in deferment during uh, residency training, but his loans from undergrad he kept paying, and he didn't know that. Like we had to look through his NSLDS file with him to identify that. So we identified that and then identified that he should consolidate because the credit, you know, even though everything else was in deferment or forbearance, the credit from residency would apply to the new consolidation loan because he had payments going on that one small undergrad loan. And there's also other ways to get even more debt forgiven. Like you can include health profession student loans because there's Department of Health student loans people don't know about that are often able to be looped into this. So I just want to emphasize that it's complicated, but that there's tons of ways to save people like 50 grand, like pretty easily with this waiver for a lot of people. Wow. So uh, really to the listeners who who are on track or who may be on track for a PSLF, uh, you really got to look into this. Um, you know, you have you have some time left, but but don't let this uh, opportunity get away from you. And then just to, you know, to make a a distinction here that I see a lot of questions online um, for those people that have already refinanced, it's, it's just, there's nothing really that's going, you know, it's sorry uh, at this point, if you refinance with a private company um, that that gate has closed. Right. Yeah. I think the the problem though, is sometimes people really get confused with their terminology so some people have FFEL loans that are with commercial lenders if you're over 30 um, and they think it's private and it's not, and it can be converted. Um, a lot of people, like I said, have loans through the Department of Health that people assume are not yet qualifying because they are not you know, listed on the Department of Education's website, but they can be included. There's actually 17 different types of loans that you can consolidate and get, get credit for PSLF on. Um, but yes, if they you know refinance through SoFi or Laurel Road or something, it's too bad, so sad at this point on those on those loans. Okay. Um, another question I've seen a lot is um, for for people that submitted their first uh, employer certification form, um, and for those who don't know what that is, it's a form you submit to to make sure that you're working for the right kind of employer, and then you start getting your loans count your your, your payments counted. Um, a lot of times they were placed in administrative forbearance while these loans were transferred from whatever their original servicer was to fed loans. Um, are those payments able to be, are those payments able to be counted um, or not? So say again, so you're saying payments made before the loans moved over to fed loan? No, I'm saying that when, um, when the original ECF was submitted and that mm-hmm. triggered the transfer to Fed loans from Navient right. or wherever. Um, right. There's usually like a three to four month administrative forbearance while that was occurring. Um, and historically, those payments were not counted. Um, is there any ability for those pay- those payments to count? I mean, I've seen some people have, re- have success requesting people to generate bills for, for them. I-, I will say this. I think that, you know... A lot of the stuff with student loans, like I know, we know a lot of tricks that you can do. And a lot of times the question is, is a question of value. What, what should you do versus what can you do? And, you know, in my mind, 
it's probably not worth it to bash your head up against the wall to try to take Fedlon down to the mat, call call your constituent services office for your senator or congressperson, um, escalating it with the CFPB, all to get three months of additional credit on your loans. Now you might say, well, that's like two thousand a month for three months. It's worth it. I I hear people on that, but there's generally ways that you can save far more that people are not doing. From my experience, where it's really kind of like the simple mistakes that people don't know to look for that are the worst mistakes. And these like three month administrative forbearances, you know, are are not even close to the worst mistakes I see people make. That's fair. So getting into that, what what are some common mistakes that you see people making that are that are simple? I mean, what did people tell you to do about consolidate consolidating before the PSLF waiver? Never consolidate right? After, after doing it, after you graduate, right? Like people would say that so frequently, like do not consolidate, you reset the clock for PSLF. So we've had, you know, 10 years of preaching that. And now suddenly a whole lot of people need to consolidate. And that's terrifying because you're afraid if you're six years in, Hey, I'm, I'm afraid of wiping away my credit for the whole thing. I've got tons of people sending me messages like that. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm I saw that, you could get extra credit by consolidating loans, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to risk starting over on the whole thing. And it's it's pretty scary for people. So, you know, what's going to happen is, is the people that are the most informed and the most attuned listening to podcasts like this, those are the people that are going to get a lot of extra credit towards forgiveness and save a lot of money. And the less informed people, the more like just sort of financially avoidant people that don't want to think about their money. Those are people that are going to get really screwed over in this, and they're not going to get the same kind of forgiveness that other people are getting. So this, I mean, this waiver is fantastic, but it's also going to increase the inequality of results in the student loan system because you're going to have higher information people getting a lot more disproportionate forgiveness from this. So are there people that shouldn't be consolidating at this point? Mm-hmm. So here's a here's a real life issue. Say you can get extra credit towards your loans if you can if you consolidate. The problem with that is a lot of people do not have to recertify their loan income based payments until 2023. So if you haven't recertified in a long time, there's attendings out there that became attendings in 2019 that are still paying 300 a month that had their payments paused due to the pandemic, and when those payments start up again, they will literally be able to continue. $300 a month payments in a lot of cases until 2023. So if you re, if you consolidate your loans, you have to give a new tax return, which by now a lot of people have filed their 2022 returns. So a lot of people would have to turn in their attending income and then their payments would become 2000 a month instead of 300 a month when payments restart. And then you have to ask yourself the question, well, shoot, is the additional you know credit we're getting in this consolidation, is that worth the much, much, much higher payment that we're going to face for the next 12 months because of that decision. Another problem is if somebody has say 150,000 of loans and they have 300,000 of income. You know, a lot of people don't know that if you're on pay or IVR, those two payment plans, the payment is capped at basically roughly 1% of your balance. So those two plans cap the payment. The revised pay as you earn plan does not cap the payment. So pay as you earn an income based repayment you know, cap your payments. In this case, 150K loan, your payments would be capped at about 1500 a month. And so in other words, you can still get substantial forgiveness, even if you're making a ton of money and have a small amount of debt 
But if you consolidate because of this waiver, thinking you want to get extra credit, what happens is when you're applying for your income-based plan and have to give them that new tax return, now you're having to tell them, oh, by the way, I make 300000 a year. And now they're going to come back and say, well, you no longer have a partial financial hardship. So too bad, so sad. We're not going to let you use IBR or pay as you earn. And now you're stuck with the revised pay as you earn paying you know, 2500 a month or something like that. And you're going to pay off a ton more of the, of the loan because of that. So that's what I mean about the people that have all the information here are going to save a ton of money. And the people who have less information are going to lose out on a lot of money and savings because these rules are extremely complicated. And you know why are they complicated? It's because Congress can't agree on anything, right? And they're trying to get as much relief for as many borrowers as possible. But to do that, they have a lot of statutes they have to work around. And so they're having to do all these really complicated things, like telling people they have to consolidate. And, you know, but but there's so many rules with student loans that they can't possibly think of the impacts all these decisions are having. So it's kind of stressful, to be honest, giving people advice in this environment. But it's also pretty exciting because, you know, our average savings for clients is like in the 53,000 projected range. Um, and, you know, I would say during the PS left waiver, those projected savings on average are probably, you know, maybe at least double that. That's great. That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, I, I see why people just want to put it to the side and, um, you're like, well, you know, well, let me not think about it. If it's, if I don't think about it, it's not a problem. Right. Um, but, but it really leaving a lot on the table. So. Well, let me give you an ex- example of how this stuff happens, right? I've got, my wife's got a coworker. She's super smart, specialist surgeon, and she's like maybe 42 or something like that. And, you know, at, at a Christmas party, you know, my wife brought up that I did student loan stuff. And like, just from a brief conversation with her, it sounded like she had loans that could be forgiven immediately. But she asked my wife if they, if we all could like meet up for dinner we still haven't uh, done that yet. So she, here's this person that probably could literally get all of her loans forgiven completely. I believe she's still required to make payments because she has commercially held FFEL loans. So she's actively making payments on loans that, and she has not taken the steps yet to get them completely 100% forgiven, even though I said that probably that was possible. And And isn't that like stunning? Like if you think about it, like if yeah, you could get your if you, if you could get your mortgage forgiven, would you not stop everything and cancel all of your surgeries and say I am sick for the next two weeks while I sit down and figure this thing out, right? Like that's what I would do. I mean, if I had you know the ability to have hundreds of thousands forgiven, I would drop everything and try to figure it out until I did, and then once I'd figured it out, then I would like relax a little bit and get back to my routine, but. I'm just stunned at, in some cases, the like the lack of urgency that people have. And I don't know, I guess, you know, my wife's probably the same way. My wife's a physician. She's sort of like more focused on her surgeries today than optimizing her finances, like because, you know, she cares about medicine and helping patients, not not on money. But I think that we need to like speak up for colleagues and friends and spouses, uh, you know, like that because those are the ones that are going to get left behind in all this and so we got to make sure that as many people as possible hear this message so they don't you know hit november or december and then find out from a friend oh by the way did you know you could have everything forgiven they're like what yeah i i agree it's uh 
Yeah, it's it's certainly complicated, but all the more reason to uh, to hire a professional to help you, or at least like just like look at your loans, like log on to Fed loans and like look at what you right. got. Well, here's, I mean, here's, there's a lot of resources out there. You don't have to hire a professional, right? You can listen to this podcast. We do a student loan planner podcast that you can find by typing in student loan planner to your, you know, podcast app. You can go to, um, you can go to like some Facebook groups. There's a cup, there's two really good PSLF physician and PSLF, like just general support groups on Facebook that are helpful. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, obviously like the easy button is hiring a professional. And, you know, in our case, um, you know, we have a team of CFPs, there's eight of us and all we do is student loans. We did, this is kind of crazy. So I remember like back when we last talked, it was like beginning of the pandemic, kind of beginning of the student loan freeze, right? Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, probably we averaged like 30 plans a week. So maybe like 120 in a month. Last week we had 143 consult bookings <laughs> Wow. And, in one week and that's just because the PSLF waiver is going bananas and everybody's looking at this and realizing okay you know our so our fee is like 395 to 595 still we haven't changed it in like 3 years and you know so people are looking at that fee and looking at the potential savings and realizing oh wait a second like if i make one mistake on this that's multiples of this fee and so it's sort of like this rational decision that people are 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 choosing to try to hire an expert on it instead of do it themselves. Cause I think it's, you know, it's just, uh, you could still mess something up even if you're listening to a bunch of podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, my, my head still spins about this and I take interest in it, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's, an, it's, it's a lot, but, um, you know, let's, uh, let's transition a little bit to the, to the other side of things, to the, um, to the not, you know, I, I know a lot of people talk to me at work too, uh, because I, again, take interest in this. They're like, you know, what should I do? Um, because we don't know what's going to happen for the May 1st. I mean, we have a couple of theories, but uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, the letter, the word is, is May 1st payments restart and interest rates are going up. Um, and if you're a person who's not on track for PSLF, but you're just riding out 0% payments, um, whether or not you should refinance is a very difficult decision, um, at this time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say within the next few hours or couple days, we'll know about the pause extension, right? Um, you know, I would hope, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have to, they literally have to, because, you know, I was, you know, as we're recording this, it's like 33 days until this, they would start. And then, you know, if they go into the weekend, you know, then that's suddenly less than 30 days. And then also April 1st, April Fool's Day is on a Friday, so they can't announce it then. <laughs> so right. they have to they have to announce it at some point. And uh <laughs> and yeah, you know, so let's talk about that. So a lot of people were asking me when they were saying that the pause extension was the final extension, which was back around Christmas time, right? Um, they were saying, okay, January 31st, it's the final extension, they're gonna start, be ready. And you know, what really sucks is a lot of those people that could have refinanced at that time, you know, really missed out on a great opportunity. Now, we only know that in the benefit of hindsight, but the 30-year mortgage since December has like gone up to like 4.7%. It was at 2.8, not like a few months ago. So you've had, you know, mortgage rates absolutely moon and refinancing rates have soared too. And so if you're paying your loans back over 20 years, like there's a guy that got 2.9% for 20 year fixed because he refinanced in December. 
And he's like, do you think I could refinance again? And I'm like, dude, you're never going to be able to find a lower rate than that probably ever. You know, like, I mean, that's, that's as low as you're going to get. So to the people that have waited, if you've waited this long, keep waiting until they end the pause, right? I mean, if they, if they, when they let the pause expire and you verify that interest actually is being charged again, and you know, you need to pay back your loans, then that's a good time to go ahead and do it. But, you know, I would say if you've waited this long, you've missed out on the opportunity to lock in something below 3%, probably, unless you're going for, you know, a five-year type of rate. But um, but even there, you know, at this point, again, I would just sort of wait it out. And that's and that's saying, you know, we, we earn, you know, a significant amount of advertising revenue from people who refinance through Student Loan Planner. We share that with people through the thousand-plus-dollar cashback bonuses that we give. So those are the largest cash bonuses like of any website out there. Um, but we still don't want anybody refinancing that shouldn't. But yeah, I think I think a lot of people in December were asking me this question, Andrew. And I sort of said, well, do what would make you feel less um, regretful. So in other words, if, if they extended the pause, you know, in, in January, which they ended up doing, you know, would you regret that more or would you rather would you regret, you know, not refinancing like below 3% and then watching rates go up one or 2%. And then, you know, what happened is the second one ended up happening, but we, you know, we really can't ever predict this stuff. It's really hard to know. Um, just like we never thought that they could pause student loans for more than two years. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I, I myself refinanced for a 15 year for 2.5%. And I mean, I'm never going to, you know, I'm not going to pay an extra dollar on those because it doesn't make sense financially for me to make a lot more money with other investments. But yeah, if you were asking me now, I, I, I mean, granted, I was never in the 0% camp. I had refinanced. This is like my fifth refinance over the years. But, um, yeah. but you know, I, that's amazing. <laughs> well, um, and we have a lot of people that do those multiple refinances through our site to get the, the cash bonuses. So, you know, it's not kind of a minor thing in the decision-making tree. The only reason I would ever suggest refinancing yours would be, you know, let's say in seven years or something, you know, you've paid for seven years and, you know, you can get a variable rate like at like 1.5 or something. Then you might refinance to a seven-year variable because the payment would be about the same and the interest rate would be lower. You could always prepay it if interest rates went up. So... You know, I mean, but that's, but that's smart, like to lock in that really low rate, you know, even though it's painful in the short run, I think longer term, it's probably actually going to save you a lot of money. Like the break even on that is really not, is not that, uh, you know, it's not that long. Right. Right. Exactly. So, um, I mean, I think, you know, you know, student loans are one of these topics that, that give everybody a little uh, uneasiness and, and, and certainly it's, it's helpful. We got people like you out there helping, helping our doctors out. But I guess the other big question is, um, and I think I probably know your answer to this at this point, but uh, what are your thoughts on just global, global forgiveness at this point? I mean, it's more likely than it's ever been. Sure. So that's, you know, but, but here's like, here's the big problem with all of this cancellation is something that I think the president's advisors looked at and determined that they could not do without Congress. And, you know, Speaker of the House Pelosi has said that as well. Like she has said that the president would, you know, need Congress to be able to broadly cancel student debt. 
you know, the only question mark there is if he could maybe cancel it with the pandemic national emergency declaration, which gives him these emergency powers, right? But once that expires, then there's really no question based on public statements. This is me speculating, but based on public statements, it does not seem like he could do it on his own, which means that you have to get Congress involved. And if you get Congress involved, you have to actually pay for it. If you do it through the executive, you don't because of weird accounting rules. But if you do it through Congress, you've got to come up with the money. And to cancel 10000 for everybody is like $300 billion. So we might see some sort of order or relief that might be designed to be challenged legally for like political reasons. So, for example, if I was the president, what I would probably do is come out with some sort of aggressive cancellation order, like 10000 for everyone, and just dare Republicans to challenge it legally, which I think probably somebody would. And then I think that it might get blocked or overturned. And they would say you have to do this through Congress. And now you've got a great tool to, you know, you know, motivate your base to turn out in the midterm elections. So, but the the problem is, it's just like the, the, you know, you really have to know the rules to understand like how this all is so screwed up and complicated, right? How do we end up with four different income-based plans? It's because the Democratic Party wanted to create plans that were more generous for borrowers, and they couldn't do that through Congress because of like the polarization that exists. So what they did instead is they went through the you know executive regulatory process to create these plans. But to do that, that means they have to basically make all these restrictions on who can use it and how they work, and you know, and they and it's just like this really lousy process. And then, you know, every four years or so, they do this regulatory process, you know, when the Democrats are in power and they come up with a new plan because they can't close down all the old ones without Congress. So ultimately, that's how the things have gotten so confusing. One one positive development, I'll say, too, for the, uh, let's say, the primary care folks out there is the president's fiscal 2023 budget actually, for the first time ever, includes a provision that would eliminate the tax bomb permanently on 20 and 25 year forgiveness plans. So public service loan forgiveness is tax-free forgiveness. That's based off of the statute. But income-based repayment plans that are forgiven over 20 or 25 years, or for example, people working either part-time or for a uh, for-profit entity, those people up till now had to pay taxes on the forgiveness, but the president wants people to not have to do that. So I, I would argue that that's going to make, if if that passes at some point, that's going to make it so that really any physician who, you know, whose salary is is less than what they owe in student debt might want to consider going for one of those 20-year plans or 25-year plans instead of refinancing it. Yeah, that's a good point too. Well, we're running out of time, Travis. So um, I, and, and we've talked a lot about you on your last show, but uh, any uh, recent books you could recommend to the audience? <sighs> hmm. That's a good one. Uh, Josh Mitchell has a book. I think it's called The Debt Trap. He's a Wall Street Journal reporter. Um, it's uh, it's actually like really fascinating. The the subtitle is How Student Loans Became a National Catastrophe. Um, <laughs> basically, the uh, head of Sally May, like this is like in the seventies or something like that. The head of the Sally May lobbying organization was having a uh, a tort of affair with the chair of the congressional committee who was writing the loans for like student loans and Stafford loans. <laughs> hmm. And so they had like a 10 year long, like extramarital affair or something like that. And, uh, 
and it sort of explains like how the student loan program just became so crazy and confusing from the very beginning. <laughs> and I thought, I thought it was just so interesting just to read the history of student loans and how they got up to this point of just being this real terrible, you know, weight on people's shoulders. Um, so that's a really fun read. You know, you wouldn't think student loans would be interesting, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, it's almost sort of like a, a thriller novel. I thought that was pretty, pretty fun read. Hmm. I have to check that out. That sounds pretty cool. Um, and then if uh, you've given us a lot of advice, but if you could uh, give a single piece of advice for the early career physician, uh, what would that be? Get the, the, get the core stuff in place. So don't stress about the minutiae. Don't stress about the lattes. Don't stress about the trip you want to take with your friends. I would really focus on, you know, getting a student loan plan, getting your 401k match, learning good budgeting habits, getting the right, you know, insurance protections in place, like disability or term life, if that's needed, if you have a family, for example, uh, and just focus on those core decisions and forget the rest, right? You're going to be fine as long as you don't do something really, really dumb. And, you know, that's, that's why you just focus on those big decisions and get those right. And then you're, you're sort of insulated from any other mistakes you make. That's great. Well, uh, thank you, Travis, again, for coming on the show. Uh, if you want to work with Travis directly, you can visit uh, com forward slash loan planner. Um, and uh, we'll put links in the show notes to all of Travis's social media and uh, website and everything. Uh, but again, thank you for coming on the show and, and educating us again on such an important topic. Absolutely. And, and I'll just say this too, if you happen to stumble upon student loan planner directly, if you do book a plan, also you can mention in the booking form, you know, your name, Andrew Tisser Dio, and, uh, and you can get the bonus that we're offering for, for your uh, listeners, which is basically a year of follow-up support via email instead of six months, which is the normal. Great. Great. Yeah. Make sure uh, you do that and get that freebie there. Um, but thanks again, Travis. And, uh, We'll uh, see. Uh, maybe we'll talk to you in another year, depending on what happens to uh, student loads in the next in the coming year, <laughs> or 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 next week. But thanks for having me on, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you. What another great episode with Travis Hornsby. I always learn so much talking to Travis. Make sure you take a look at your student loans. And if you want Travis's help, visit andrewtisserdo.com forward slash loan planner or mention my name when you go to studentloanplanner.com. All those links will be in the show notes. Thank you again so much for listening. If you could leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell some of your friends, it really helps get the show out there. The other thing I'd like, like you to do after listening is visit my website at andrewtisserdo.com where you can find free guides, resources, suggested partners, and more. Until next time, everybody, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.